Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and Get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals centric specific show. I am one of your hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams. And with me as always is a, he's, he's my brother. He's like one of my best friends. I even got him some crown royal black for his birthday, man. He played professional baseball. He also played in the National Football League. The one and only Ed Easy Smith. What is good, man? Man, you know, I'll be getting my sip on later on tonight. As soon as you gave me that bottle last week, it went into the freezer. So, yeah, appreciate you, man. (laughs) Do you keep? Do you keep? uh, um, Was that in the outside refrigerator or is that in the the inside one? That one was small enough to go onto the inside. You know, when the bottles are bigger, I usually put them out in the in the garage. So you trying to wait, wait, wait? You trying to say my gift was too small? (laughs) Is that what you? That what you trying to say? Nah, just there. There are different versions of bottles and sizes. That's all. I gave you a Kyler Murray bottle. Okay, so anyway, so on this, so on this show, we are we're going to talk a little bit about the last week of of, of voluntary OTAs and uh, who showed up and who didn't, and then in terms of looking at the preseason looking in the training camp and the like, who is going to participate? One name in particular, and I want to get easy thoughts on that. And then we're going to do a little bit. We do all this. We talk about all kinds of sports on our on our radio show, uh, Easy Sports Talk, every Saturday here in the Phoenix area from 10 a.m. to noon. Uh, and, and so we're going to talk about the NBA Finals a little bit. Uh, this is We just finished up Game 3, and so uh, maybe by the time you hear this, you'll hear once Game 4 is going on. But we're going to be reflecting on Game 3 and where that stands. So let's start it off. Last week, Kyler Murray shows up. This week, Kyler Murray does not show up. Big deal or no deal? Big deal or I, no big deal? I am in that camp, man, where every no show is a big deal to me because, it. once again, we're talking about leadership, bro. And when you're looking like, say, for instance, any pick any organization. You know, just about everyone on the quarterback is the face of the, 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 the team, you know, the organization, and as go they – go the rest of everybody, right? right. Uh, and for this minicamp, they are voluntary, Jay, but I always go back to the fact right now, what what else do you have to do that's important? If you're a professional football player and you have enough, I mean, we're deep into the offseason by now. Right. Uh, you have had enough time off, and I'm sure wherever Murray is, wherever uh, Isaiah Simmons is, A.J. Green, Marquise Brown, I know they're all probably working out. What's the harm? and being there together, right. working out together, getting to know each other just a little more. And it all starts, like I said, when your quarterback and some of the other veterans are like, well, that's just, it's voluntary, so I, I'm not coming. So what's to stop other players who aren't maybe as experienced as them from doing the same thing? Point in case, there is absolutely zero reason Isaiah Simmons – Isaiah Simmons to be – at the, the, the complex with a, a sleeping bag, bro. He should be there Ooh. every single day trying to soak up as much as he possibly can. Uh, he's going to be a critical piece for this organization moving forward. I would expect 
the head coaches and you know, or at least the coaches or position players to kind of express this to the guys. And, you know, everybody looks at it like it's just voluntary minicamp. Bro, any day you can hone your craft and try to get better, you're not just getting better yourself, but you're keeping up with the other organizations that are out there doing twice as much as you. So right. for me, this is a lack of attention to detail by not just the players, but the coaches as well. Because I know in my day, and I know players have a lot more power these days, but in my day, bro, it was it, there weren't threats that were being made. It, it was strong suggestions hmm. to be in your best interest, not just the starters, because here's the, the not just the uh, the the, the roots of the um, average guys. Here's the thing, Jay, in a light about way, your coaches, your position coaches, will let you know. Yeah, I know you know you started for us the last couple of years, but you know there's a whole lot of dudes that would like your job, and there's a couple of them nipping at your butt right now. Sure. And every day they're in the facility learning and showing their face, and they want to be here. I'm yeah. not saying. I'm just saying. Those now are the types of things. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so that's interesting. So if we move off of Kyler, so that's that's been our focus. But when you think about some of those other young and up-and-coming players, like you mentioned, like in Isaiah Simmons, like that, where the spotlight is going to be on you and you have no – there is no more – there is no more safety net. In terms of as you when you if you've gone to the circus and you see some of those nets where they're where they're doing the trapeze and stuff and you have that safety net where they can bounce and then there's some that don't have that there's no safety net so you want to get every as you mentioned every every opportunity even if it's just conversation that you're having with somebody to maybe soak up the philosophy because what is it that you talk about you don't want to you don't want to be thinking out there if you're thinking then then you're then you've already kind of lost am I right on that absolutely Jay and I mean the other thing is. You know, there there's all kind of levels of teams throughout the NFL. We know there's only 32 of them. There's some bad teams, some very average teams. There's some good teams, and there's some great teams. The right. bad ones are going to stay bad because everybody's not on board. Everybody's doing their own thing. You know, it's a bad organization from top to bottom. Meaning, ownership is not on board. They want you know they don't want to pay. They don't want to do this. The players don't want to put in time as well. The average teams they're trying to stay out of that bad category, but they don't do enough of the good things to elevate themselves. The good teams, they're right on the verge of getting to that next level. And in order to get to that next level, you got to do the things that the great teams do. Meaning if it's voluntary, bro, I'm going to volunteer to be there. And there's no reason why. I mean, it's not where you got a second job right now. You got something else that's more important than just showing up to the facility, putting in some menial work. As far as I'm concerned, when you think about how difficult training camps can be and stuff like that, you're talking about OTAs, bro. You're sitting in the classroom. You're going out. You're running some routes. Not Nothing's at full speed. There's no contact. There's no reason. And like I said, it all starts. I know we started the conversation with Kyler Murray. For me, this is, you know, like, what did he show up for last week, bro? It was almost like, well, everybody, <laughs> everybody, you know, we lost our young man in the car yes, accident. And right. there was going to be a, hey, this would be a good time to show up, you know, because there's probably going to be some press there. I'm not going to talk to anybody because they're probably going to ask me why I wasn't there the first week. So he just pops in and then pops out. And then, like I said, that mentality seeps into other play. You know, like some of the other veterans are like, well, if Kyler's not going to be there, like a Zach Ertz, for instance. And I know some of them going through family issues and stuff like that, having babies and stuff, you know, thing. But if Zach Ertz is like, well, Kyler Murray's not going to be there, so why am I going to be there? I want to work on my timing with him, and but he's not going to be there. What's the point? And it trickles down, and it all starts at the top. And for yeah. me, it's just a sign that, this, you know, I'm so confused at what this organization wants. And that, like I said, I'm not just putting it on the players as well. I'm talking about the coaches 
in terms of what kind of respect do you have within those halls where you can't go to some of your players, your top-notch dudes, and <sighs> let them know, hey, look, I know it's voluntary, but it really go a long way if you, 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 and you came out here, showed some leadership, because we want this to be a magical season moving forward. We don't want to just get the camp. Now we're starting from scratch, uh, you know, off last year because we didn't put enough time in this offseason. We want to be rolling. We want to get, you know, guys up to speed. And the only right. way we do that if it's all hands on deck. They have not shown me anything in terms of, hey, we, we made it to the playoffs last week. We did get our butts kicked. But, hey, that's a victory. Let's see how that rolls uh, moving forward. Okay, so and, and I'm I'm going to to call an audible, and so just I'm going to plant this this seed, and we'll come to it after this next topic. But I want to talk about. We often hear about who does he think he is, Bill Belichick? Who does he think he is, um, Bill Parcells? What makes what what makes a coach? What makes a coach of that ilk? What gets them there? Before they have that track record, so just 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 think about that, marinate on that for a little bit. You know, brine it. You know, I'm, I put something yeah. brine. I was on brine. I'm fat. I'm satisfied with myself. Now I believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Now we did find out that DeAndre Hopkins, who is suspended for the first six weeks of the of the regular season, he has the opportunity to be there during during training camp, so he can play in all the preseason games and do all that stuff until the bullets start to fly, until it's real fire, so to speak. It found found out that it was reported that he will be a part of preseason and go through all that all that stuff, which is good, or is it? Question mark. In terms of because we know that he's he could go through and have the best preseason. He could play in whatever however many series, and we know he doesn't typically play in those preseason games anyway. But those reps when you're in when you're when you're practicing that he's maybe taking away from somebody that can have that can be able to get. Uh, to to get in a rhythm with his quarterback, or to really be able to build that confidence, is would you, how would you approach it if you were on the coaching staff or you were the GM? How would you approach the De- DeAndre Hopkins situation? And more in any other year, bro, you know, because we know how D Hop does not like anything to do with training camps and off season and stuff like that. If if nothing else, man, I would tell D Hop, hey, look, once you're ready, because obviously he's coming off that knee injury, you know, with the surgery and everything last year. I'd be like, hey, D-Hop, when, you, when we get to training camp, be ready to strap it on, bro, because we got just a few weeks to get you as much work. I know you want to get the guys ready that are going to be there for the first six weeks, but if you want, in my opinion, if you want any type of D-Hop for the 2020 se- 2022 season, yeah. you got to get him ready in late August, early September for when he comes back in October. So if you think after six weeks, if you don't do anything with him, meaning you know, routes and getting them some contact and, you know, timing with Kyler and different things. If you don't think, you you know, you, you do not get anything out, out of him during that period, don't expect when he comes back in week seven that he's plug and play. Uh, there's nothing like be – I mean, you can be in the best shape of your life, bro. Right. But if you're not in football shape, you are not – and you're not ready to be on the field. And the, the sad part is he is going to have six weeks after whatever – he work he puts in to sit on the sideline, but at least he'd have some familiarity with it being recent physical activity, meaning right before the start of the regular season. Think about it. He didn't play in the last bunch of games yeah. for the regular season. So you're talking yes. about his last action will be toward the tail end or middle part of the 2021 season. And now, hey, we're just going to sit him and, you know, he'll be ready when he gets back out there. No, no, no. In my opinion, and like I said, sometimes you got to talk to him you know, like, you know what you're actually talking about. If, you know, because D-Hop, he's, hey, look, man, I don't need that. I'm going to make sure I stay in shape while I'm away. I, 
yeah, that's all good, man. But we're gonna we're gonna need you to put some real effort in and maybe run some, you know, a little bit with the, even the second team doing uh, training camp, so we can have you somewhere near ready when you're done with this six game suspension. So once again, this is another test for not just the coaching staff in general, but for Cliff Kingsbury. You either deliver a me- deliver a message and stick to the plan, or you let you know D Hop dictate, and then. When you get him back in week seven, now you're playing catch up where you're just trying to get him back in to the rotation. And it just, like I said, it just be, you know, hustling backwards, as Bomani always says, man. So I hope they're a little smarter than that. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting as we keep an eye on that. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So I want you to think back to the times when you were the the, the coaches that you played, more, played for, the organizations, whether it's, uh, this specifically football, but again, you can take this to uh, the clubhouse as well. So with professional baseball, but I often hear when a, when a new coach is coming in. So somebody who doesn't have that experience, they say, who does he think he is? He comes in with trying to be Bill Belichick or Bill Parcells or insert any, <clears throat> insert any, any uh, successful, <clears throat> pardon me, legendary coach in, in this, in the sentence. How does a coach instill get his culture instead get his culture set up because i think of bill belichick when he was his first go around when he was with uh when he was with uh with uh the cleveland. cleveland browns and and how that didn't necessarily go right and then the next time around he was able to to be able to it seems like lay the foundation i have some thoughts as to how that is but how does a coach go into establishing who he is so for example if you know i'm sure you've come across those coaches that were much more lax right and so how do you go from uh, you're coming into an organization that had a lax coach that was that didn't have success, and now you're coming in and trying to lay down the law and trying to make it, trying to some of some things that that players might think are silly. I don't know, walking a single file line or put, not sitting on your helmet or whatever those things. How do you how do you get that across to the players of this new team as you're trying to instill, instill your culture and get them to buy in? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And that's a great question, Jay. And it, for me and throughout my football career, even, you know, I spent a bunch of years playing baseball, but even specifically with my football career, I played for coaches in all stages of their development. I played for a coach Reeves who had been to three Super Bowls with, with Denver was, you know, I was up in New York and then finally took over in uh, Atlanta, brand new organization, you know, fresh off the boat, a bunch of us, you know, coming into his, uh, command. And from the second you stepped into the first meeting, you felt nothing but respect for this man because one, he'd been there, done that. He had a philosophy and you could tell he was sticking to this. And one of those, it was one of those things he's loved you, but he was never going to spare the ride, man. He was always, if it was time for punishment or, you know, coarse words, he was going to give it to you. Then I played for Andy Reed in his rookie season coaching okay. in 1999 had Donovan McNabb. We had a young team. It was a bad team. You know, Andy, and you know, I went through my things with Andy, but Andy, he was just trying to figure it out. You know, he, he, and you, can time, you tell, can you tell when somebody, when a coach is trying to figure it out? Can oh, you get yeah, that vibe? After, oh yeah. After coming from two years in Atlanta, then all of a sudden I'm there with Andy and he, you know, you could tell he was like, I'm trying not to mess this up, but at the same <laughs> time you could see he had direction and you can see he had a plan. And, and you know, you it takes time. It's like anything else, uh, Jay. You don't just step into it and all of a sudden I'm good. 
You right. step into it, you have your process. And what nowadays, the, 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 the worst part about the process is most head coaches, regardless if it's your first job or your third or fourth, you're only getting about three or four years max yeah. Yeah. To, to create. And this is most of the time when you're taking over a bad situation, bad roster, bad management, bad ownership. They put you in the spot and it's like, okay, you know, microwave it. Let's get it done. And, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where that's why a lot of good coaches, by the time they're their second and third spots are when they hit that stride because they're not given that opportunity early on. But you can tell when a coach has the – and I, I'm not going to name his name, I know, I'm, I know there's a coach. There was a team that you played. Yeah. It might have been, been one that I just mentioned that, uh, that, you know, that Bill Belichick first coached at. Wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Got you. Go ahead. I'm, Go I'm ahead. Name, I got you. I, I got you. <laughs> our first meeting, and this is a meeting with people like Lomas Brown, myself, you know, all these dudes that have been around the block. And let's just say it was an expansion situation, you yes, know, so the sir. roster was huge, a lot of guys. This dude walks into a room of all these dudes have been playing, and this is his first coaching spot, right? He basically – not basically. He used the words, I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done. This is how I run my ship, and this is how you're going to do it. And if you don't do it my way, you're not going to be here very long, that type of thing. And there were a lot of veterans looking around like, wait a minute, man. You know, this isn't a dictatorship. This is – you know, we'd love, we want to get on board, but at least show us your direction first before you tell us, this is how it's going to be done, and this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And he lost a lot of guys within that. Because, I mean, you got to remember, guys, it's like, you know, as soon as he left the room the first time, dudes were, like, looking at each other like, you believe this clown? Because we'd all, <laughs> we'd all been in other places, and including myself. Right. I, you know, even my short term in the NFL, I played in the Super Bowl. I played under Coach Reeves. I'd seen these other situations. And for this dude to come in and basically, you know, it's my way or the highway without even like taking some of the veterans aside and saying, look, you know, this is how I'm going to run the ship. But I, I need you aboard. I need you to help me with some of these young dudes because it's going to be an uphill battle and we need now. Nah, and he lost a lot of guys before the wow. season even started. And I remember because I left that team, I didn't play any regular season games with them. My right. brother was actually there that year. They oh. went one in 15, bro. So Ooh. there was a lot of dissension in the ranks from the very beginning. But, like, you know, the, the question, you can tell when there's a plan. And here's the other thing. You can look at other – you can look at coaches. And I'll set up after this. You yeah. can look at coaches that aren't even head coaches yet. Yeah. But, you know, they have the potential because they how they run their position. And that my, my Pilt Quentin case, my man Harbaugh in um, uh, Baltimore. Okay. He was our special teams coach under Andy Reid in 1999. I'm looking at that dude. I'm like, what are you still doing here, man? You need to be somewhere. This dude was, he had everything on lock. He motivated guys. He handled, you know, more than just being a coach. Man, it's a no wonder he is, he's done what he's done there in Baltimore. You see it. When you see it, you know it. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. It makes me think about there were times when, uh, in the corporate world, so in the blue collar thing world, uh, where I had a, a management, I uh, was promoted to management. And I remember going in and giving the first speech to, to my, to my team. And I, I was, I was, I was practicing for it. I, I didn't write it down, but I said, okay, this is what, I, these are the points I want to hit. And so I go in there and I give it. And then one of the, one of the uh, counselors who was much more tenured than I was, Says, how are you gonna help me get better? <laughs> I, said, 
<laughs> Damn. I guess I guess all that stuff didn't matter. All that stuff I said. said How you gonna make help me get better? But, uh, <laughs> that's when that's when it's real. That's when you that's know it's real, real. bro. <laughs> all that stuff you said don't mean nothing. How you gonna help me get better? How you make, yeah. I need to make more money. How you gonna help me make yeah. better? Well, yeah, that's so, when, and that's when you get called on the floor sometimes. Yeah. When, you know, when people, when they see, you know, in, in most situations, like especially in coaching situations, unless you want to be packing your locker up and leaving, you know, you can't really use those type of terms towards yeah. the head man, but there's a whole lot of people thinking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's so believe in the Arizona Cardinal. Let's transition. Let's talk a little hoops, man. Uh, I want to, so we, the NBA finals are going on right now. We have just finished wrapped up game three. The Boston Celtics are, have taken a, two, have taken a two one lead. They beat the, uh, they beat the, the Golden State Warriors, uh, yesterday in, uh, in Boston, uh, by a score of 116 to 100. I want your thoughts on this series so far. It's interesting to me how, for one, how ineffective, uh, Draymond Green is. And I think he's been that way for many years. Now, even mm-hmm. when he was at his full level of powers, which wasn't, I mean, whenever you see Draymond Green take a three point shot, that's just, it, it is not a thing, to, not a, not a thing to behold. But, um, it was his tactics that he used in game two, where he was almost trying to bully the, the Celtics and try to, in, try, trying to, trying to pick a fight with, with members of the team. It didn't work in game three and he got teed up and all these different things and fouled out. But it seems that the, it's, I, I, I think it's still too close to call, but, but it does seem that I would lean a little bit towards Boston. What did the results of game three, did that sway you one way or another in terms of how you look at this particular series? Well, because I don't have a, a horse in the race today, I'm all, for me, it's all about entertainment. Yeah. I, you know, I've won, and I shouldn't say that because I'm not a big Boston fan, being originally from New Jersey and loving my Sixers and different things like that. I'm not, you know, I would like to say Ime, Ume Idoka. I think yeah. I'm saying his name crap. Would be nice to see him pull this off, but at the same be time, alone. I'm not. Be alone, boy. <laughs> but I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not necessarily all in on either team, but I I would lean one way more than the other. For me, until this series is over, Jay, I'm not prognosticating because every game, it's like, oh, did you see what they did? When when the uh, Celtics won game one, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then Warriors come back and they get game two, and it's like, oh, my God. Now the Celtics go home. They do what they're supposed to do. It's all about adjustments now. What happened? Because now everybody's writing it off. Celtics, oh, they just – you know, the, the Warriors don't have enough inside. They don't have this. You know, like, <laughs> not there. What if, what happens tomorrow? The Warriors come back and they pull one out. Now it's a best of three with two of those three being in Golden State. So You know what happens? Boxing out is a wonderful thing. It is. It really <laughs> that's, is. that's what I realized yesterday, that when you don't box out, you will lose many rebounds, and that's what was the result. That's part of yeah. what led to that to that score and, the, and that Celtics victory. Especially when the other dudes are bigger than you, you know? It's like <laughs> – Come on, you know. So for me, I, I I like the you know one the one thing that's getting a little crazy is these fourth quarter blowouts. These games yeah. are at the half; they're like solid. Then all of a sudden, it's like where that what happened? You know, you're thinking we're we're thinking we'll get to a game when there's finally a last possession or two that means something. Yeah. I, you know, one, final score one sixteen one hundred when it was so close all through the first three. 
I'm, I'm looking for one of those games where it comes down to last possession, but I am not writing the Golden State Warriors off. Right. If they win, they figure out to make an adjustment, win game four. Like I said, it's the best of three series with two all men, Golden State. And then you got to, like I said, you know, now let's touch base next week. If it's, you know, they lose tomorrow and it's a 3-1 deficit, I might swing to the other side. But right now for me, it's just, like I said, it's it's been a good good series. Not great because of, like I said, some of the uh, different scoring aspects. As far as Draymond, Draymond's that dude, man, who used to be the bully and is a tougher kid on the block right now. Yeah, you know how it is. Where you seen him out there? I got to prove yeah. I'm still the two. They start talking all that mess. And I'm like, man, I, bro, watch this, boy. You don't want none of this. Go ahead, hit me first. Hit me first. Go ahead. I dare you. Hit me first. And like, bro, I mean, if I hit you, you're going down. And yeah, that's the toughest for kind of looking at Draymond. Like they're laughing at him, like he's the bully that used to be. And yes, there, there's no fear in him anymore. What you what you have to fear is his antics that will take you out of your game. And I think they played it smart yesterday, last night, by not getting into Draymond's game and just, like I said, they were they were taking it to him. Now, who makes the next adjustment, you know, to, to get game four? That'll tell us a whole lot. But, like I said, I've been entertained so far. And uh, just for me, I'm, I'm, I'm stingy. I want all seven of these games. I want yeah. this one to go seven. Uh, because after after that, you know, we don't watch basketball again until March or April of next year. You gotta get through that eighty-two game preseason first. <laughs> I swear, man. I swear. You <laughs> you are something else. No, yeah, that is that is true though. But it's it's for the Golden State Warriors, it's okay to use that three. And they were doing this, I think, better in game two, using that three as a way to bait the Celtics out, get a nice little pump fake, maybe do a pick and roll, and then being able to get a mid-range jump shot. It's okay instead of yeah. backing up all these threes. But yeah, so hopefully it does go seven because I, again, I, I didn't look at it and say this game is, this is over as the talking heads like to do and they like to sway all the way to one, one uh, extreme or the next. And I think oh that's, God. that's, that's, that's why one of the reasons why I didn't listen to a lot of it today because I didn't want to hear those extremes. Oh, this yeah. is over. Did you see that? This is done. And we, <laughs> when they were just, had just uh, declared it the other way, just, just a couple of days ago. <laughs> so on, on behalf of the, of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. We bring this to you every week. And so, uh, I'll, we are. Uh, available here on Sirius XM app as well as wherever you can find your podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend about what we have going on here at Believe, uh, Believe.com for Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. And we are presented by Bet Online, as, as we always like to say around this time. Are you kidding? Don't let you, don't even think I'm going to let you get out of here without some acknowledgement. All of our listeners, Brother Jay and his wife are celebrating an anniversary. Uh, coming up this uh, weekend, I thought it was a June 12th, Jay. Happy yes, anniversary sir. to you and beautiful Nika. And I hope you have a great uh, celebration of it, brother. I appreciate that, man. I'm going to punch you in your head next time. And, this, <laughs> my, and, my man, and my man Easy celebrated his birthday, so we got all kinds of celebrations going on around here. So we'll see you all next time. Are you Until okay? next week, be easy out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.